Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie Bulmer and I am your host. Today we are talking all about relationships. So a couple weeks ago, I was on the Relationship Real Talk podcast hosted by Live the Life. Live the Life is a really cool organization, and for 20 years now, they have been dedicated to strengthening marriages and families. And I 100% believe that strong marriages start when you are dating. So we're going to talk all about it. They asked me so many good questions. I was like, can I just use this audio and share with my people on the Truth For Your 20s podcast too? And they were like, Yes, you can. So that's what this is today. I just love this conversation and I have a pretty good feeling you guys will too. Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth For Your 20s podcast with your host, Katie Bormer, my mom. Enjoy listening. If you are between the ages of 18 and young 30s and reaching for that best version of yourself, you are in the right place. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I am an author and speaker to over 30 colleges nationwide. With the heart behind everything I do to be who I needed when I was younger. On this podcast, I interview experts in their field and 20-somethings alike. We'll talk about finances, physical wellness, dealing with your inner mean girl, and you better believe we're going to talk about guys. Our mission here is to empower your socks off and definitely drop some truth bombs along the way. All right, let's get to it and unpack some truths for your 20s. So, all right, first question. Um, So I know a lot of girls, and I'm going to include myself in this, I've absolutely got caught up in this mindset. We find the need to have that boyfriend, to feel relevant, to feel worthy of love. So when you're talking to women, how do you address that? How do you address this mindset? Yeah, I think it goes back to a boyfriend will complete me, right? And that's put in a from Cinderella and all of that stuff. And I always say a boyfriend can compliment you with an E, like not, oh, you're pretty, like compliment as in run the race with you, be your partner, but not complete you. You know, that famous line from the Jerry Maguire movie and Mm. and Renee Zellweger walks in and she's like, you complete me. And I Googled this. It's actually one of the top romantic movie lines of all times because it is adorable. And we're like, oh, that's great. But it's not realistic. It's a movie. Mm. And we're like, oh, this person can complete me. But in reality, not only is that untrue, it's unfair. Because right now, I've been married 16 years to a wonderful man, but I can't look to him and be like, here's all of my broken places. Fix it. Because he's also a flawed human being. And asking, you know, a person, a human, no matter how wonderful to to fix you, to complete you is, is untrue and unfair. So instead I have to look to the only one who can complete me. I always say a boyfriend is not your savior and you are not theirs. Right. That's good. <laughs> so yeah, having that, that one who can come, the one who can complete you. And then, you know, what do we really want in a boyfriend? Do we want um, someone who we're all broken? So, you know, I'm not going to say like a broken person, but we're all broken, but what do we want? Like um, you know, I'm in debt. I have a ton of mommy and daddy issues. I have so many exes I can't count and so many like past relationship scars. But you, can you fix me? Like, what? How about instead? Yeah. 
<laughs> you get whole, you work on becoming the best version of yourself. I'll do the same. And then we get together. That makes a much more stable and healthy relationship versus looking for each other to, to fill all your broken places. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy yeah, that we think yeah. that. And it's true. I mean, I did too. Yeah. But yeah, it, that's our romance culture. I mean, you know, it's totally, Absolutely. totally our romance culture. And I could go on for days about that too. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Kaylin, why don't you ask our next question? Sure. So we also tend to ignore red flags because of this need to be in a relationship. So can you kind of talk about why we do that? Yes. So there is a term, a psychology term, but actually I learned it because of my marketing background. It's called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And essentially it means that we all look for evidence to support what we want to believe, which is very evident right now in this political climate because good luck trying to convince anyone to believe what they currently like different than what they currently believe and it's human nature it's not a bad thing but when it comes to dating we look so hard for evidence to support what we want to believe so for example at my junior year in college I was in a terrible relationship and the guy gave me like crumbs of evidence that he you know liked me and only me I legitimately had a notebook Well, I wrote down said crumbs to like have evidence that like he was a good guy. Yet the evidence was mounding so high. I couldn't even see Mm. that, you know, I need to run from that relationship. But I saw what I wanted to see because of confirmation bias. So we all have this, but the best way, and we're clouded. We're also emotions cloud judgment. And when you have this huge cloud of judgment around you, I mean, you're trying to see the top of the mountains in a huge foggy day. It's just, it's very, very hard. So the best way I tell people to see, to get through that confirmation bias and to remove that cloud of emotions is to ask someone outside of the relationship what they see on the other side. And, you know, this is tricky because not everyone wants to hear that guy is treating you like crap. You need to right. run away. Yeah. Like that, that is not, you know, a, a hard conversation. That's a hard conversation to have, but you know, ask a trusted friend, you know, they, you need to have a few people in your life that, you know, have your best interest in heart. Even if they say what you don't want to want, want to hear, giving them that permission to speak over you. Like, listen, you know, um, I am feeling like perhaps this guy, um, you know, I'm, I'm having some uneasy feelings about this. What do you think? What do you see on the other side? Because they don't have confirmation bias. And to them, it's it's black and white. And to you, there's like a million, a million shades. And you're like, yeah. but, but there was that one time right, in 1945 right. when he said. <laughs> yes, right. absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Um uh, we we also have this culture where we sexualize everything, but we don't really talk about sex. And so as a culture that has this obsession, how can we how can we walk that line between uh, being in a culture that does obsess over this um, sexualization, but also realizing that sex is something that God created for us? What's that line? How do we walk that? Oh, I have a lot to say about this. So, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, if it breaks God's heart, then why do you think it would fulfill yours? Mm, and, wow, I love that. You know, yeah. So, like, God created this gift called sex. And we, 
we we're obsessed with it, but then we don't talk about it. And it's such a big deal in one context, but it's not a big deal if you're singing a song, a rap song about it or whatever. You know, it's like, where is this balance? And it frustrates me because, um, every movie and every ad is like, sex, sex, sex. Yeah. But it's not a big deal. It's like, whatever, hook up with whoever you want. Like, well, which is it? And, you know, I think that we really have, have cheapened sex in our culture. Um, you know, I think about in the very beginning, you know, God made this man and this woman. And I, I think about this a lot. Like, you know, obviously there's no ancient day Polaroids to prove this, <laughs> but I like to think that Adam was smoking hot and Eve was, you know, 36, 26, 30, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect woman. Perfect. Yeah. Smoking hot. And, you know, he, Adam went to sleep. He pulled that rib out and he was like, congratulations. Like, you're welcome. But yes. I, like, yes, it is a beautiful gift of like, and on your wedding night, I'm going to give this thing called sex. And even outside of the animal kingdom, like humans enjoy it. It is a bonding yeah. experience. In the Greek word, when the Bible was first translated, the word sex was ekad, which translates to binding together at the wow. deepest level. This is not this like, hey, you're cute on a Friday night. I'm going to swipe left, yeah. swipe right and go watch Netflix and chill at your house. Like, what? what? No. Yeah. We have devalued and cheapened this huge Ikad, this binding together at the deepest level. Um, When I talk about this with college students, I say my translation is Ikad or sex is like concrete. It's it's not not to be undone, you know, and you go by a construction site on the highway and you see dug up concrete, leaves a big hot mess. Mm -hmm. There's jackhammers and bulldozers and broken pieces here and broken pieces there. And it's not to be undone. It, It is made to last and it, which is a beautiful thing in marriage too. Yeah. think about, you know, wind and rain and storms, like nothing is breaking up that bond, but on a random Friday night, that broken up yeah. concrete, it leaves a big hot mess. Absolutely. And I would love to argue with someone who's like, Oh no, it's not a big deal. It's not, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Anyone who is walking in that broken sexual relationship, myself included, I know it leaves a big hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. It leaves scars. And that is not to say there is not grace. And we will talk about that in a second, yeah. but you know, so a lot of people in freshman year looks like that dug up concrete, right? Absolutely. It's like, it like yes. hot mess. Yes. So yeah. Absolutely. It is a much, I just like elevating that way we view sex instead of cheapening it. Right. It is a big deal. And it is something to be honored and sacred and much more than our culture talks about it. Yeah, absolutely. And in your blog post, what if Jesus meant all that stuff about sex? You're talking about, you talk about not just the scripture behind what God is saying his plan is, but also the research. So could you talk a little bit about what that research says and why it's so important? Yes, I actually got to be friends with a doctor of sexual health. His name is Joe Malone, very smart guy. And every time on a, I'm on a call with him, I'm like, oh, like taking notes, taking notes. Yeah. But a few things that have really blown my mind that he has said is one is that men are actually bonded to women more when sex is withheld. So mm-hmm. essentially, like, you know, think about the courting days when it's like, mm-hmm. um, let me take you out. Let me date you. Let me get to know you. Um, the research actually shows that the men become more protective in a good way. Like 
this is my girl. Like, I'm going to, like, don't you mess with her. I'm going to protect her. Like, yeah. here's here's my jacket. All, right. all yeah. those beautiful, chivalrous things that we like um, because that sex was withheld. Mm-hmm. And in contrary, I just met you. I'm going to shack up with you that night. Then it's like that men are hunters. Like, like done. Like, met her. Yeah. I don't want to say conquered. That sounds terrible. But, you know, met her. <laughs> went all the way like we have we have a cod we have bonded at the deepest level for him and for her like what you know not to say that the relationship can't go on from there but why why rush that there's so much loss there's so many levels of intimacy you jumped all the way to the deepest level of intimacy and you know think about it when back to the garden when god made this idea of sex that is vulnerable on every level of the word. I mean, that is like, here's my emotion. Here is my trust. Here is my nakedness in every right, form of yeah. the word. You know, um, Brene Brown talks about this on her super popular TED talk, how vulnerability and love are um, the same, the two sides of the same coin that like to be vulnerable, to trust and to love you, to have that love, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. So to be, to have this intimacy, to have this vulnerability, to be exposed in every form, that is the other side of love, to have trust. And like, yeah. I'm here with you all the days of your life. I'm here to support you. I'm never going to leave you. Like, you are my one and only. I uh, keep going back to that garden. But that's another thing to think about is I've been doing mentoring with girls for 15 years. I've never met a girl who's like, no, I really want a guy who is an, a sex expert. Yeah. Uh, no, not, not one time. No, (laughs) nobody wants that because do we want to be like, I want to be compared to this long list of ex lovers as the wise theologian Taylor Swift said, no, no one wants to be compared to a long list of ex lovers. Instead, every girl I've ever mentored anyway, wants to be seen as his only one. Like, Mm, right. You are my definition of beauty. I will climb the highest mountain. I will swim the deepest sea. You are my only one. And getting back to that garden, obviously there's more men and women and we, we have more comparison, but protecting your eyes from pornography, having less sexual experiences, less comparison is the fuel for romance. Um, Andy Stanley says exclusivity is the fuel for romance, not experience. So going, yeah, going out and having a bunch of partners doesn't make you better I mean like it, it really doesn't even you know in the ideal world if two people are virgins on their wedding night they'll figure it out like right. you don't yeah. have experience <laughs> you got the rest of your lives to right. figure each other out yeah, yeah you know and so instead of hey babe I'm an expert on 100 girls gross you know there's no <laughs> trophies for that yeah versus mm-hmm. versus I'm an expert on you like right. that that is much more romantic yeah. yes so true getting hot about that no I love it absolutely I do too um so sometimes it's easier to ask or to give sex than to ask for or give emotional support just for women I feel like sometimes we kind of get called out for being too emotional or whatever um and sometimes girls will give sex to get that intimacy instead of like you know, going to their partner and saying, Hey, I need this. They'll just kind of go after it through physical stuff. So why do you feel like girls have this mentality? I mean, I think it's just back for, in looking for love, you know, women give pieces of their body away in hopes and for love in return. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. when that is not met, you know, that hurts. And again, it's, it's here is my vulnerability. Here is my exposedness. Here is my nakedness. Here yeah. is all of me. I'm hoping for love in return. Um, and, and when that's not met, I, I'm just, I don't know how it doesn't hurt. You know, we like to, we like to wish it away and we're like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'm a, I'm an independent woman. Yeah. And I mean, I get that, but I think that deep down, we know that that's not what we want. Again, right. we want to be seen as his one and only, I mean, what, what is more romantic? Like I want to be seen as, and think about every romantic song and every romantic movie. You know, I'm not the first to have this idea. Like, yeah, it is, it is back to the Jerry Maguire, even though that's not true. It's so romantic because it's right. you, not 10 girls, but you, you and you only, you mm-hmm. are the one who complete me. And, you know, every romantic song, like I only have eyes for you. I will do anything only for you. So anyway, I think that we, we give sex away in hope for love in return. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when that's not met, I mean, I think, it, I think it's painful. And a lot of times, although it doesn't make any sense, there's so many different levels of intimacy. There's, I think there's spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, and of course, physical intimacy. And sometimes, although, um, although like I said, it doesn't really make sense. It is easier to give physical intimacy than emotional intimacy yeah, because, yeah. um, yeah, there's not as much thought involved, mm-hmm. but that gift on the wedding night that God gave us is, is the culmination of all of those. It's right. like the fire, it's like the grand finale of fireworks at the end of the yeah. show and giving that away before anything else. It, it almost steals from that. It's, it's not the total package. It's, I mean, we all agree sex is fun. Like God made sex to be fun in a committed, I love you. I'm here for you. Like you are my one and only, I'm going to protect you all the days of my life. You know, you and me forever type of mentality. Like Mm -hmm. in, you know, I always usually compare it to, um, a fire. You may have heard this, but a a fire in my fireplace is a good thing. Yeah. A fire in the middle of my living room rug is destructive. Yeah. And and it's the same it's the same thing. It's just yeah. a different context. Absolutely. And what you were talking about, the different aspects of relationships and sex we have when we talk to our middle school and high school students, we talk about how it's physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual. And if you just yeah. focus on the physical, you're left with a mess, M-E-S-S. So that's what we like to talk about. I know. I was like, I, I wonder if she'll like this, but you know. I love um, it. I'm feeling it. Good. <laughs> yes. But you know, all the school focuses on is, you know, put a condom on, but if you're not covering these other bases, if you're not protecting yourself mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, there's all of those things that are happening inside of a young person, anyone who's going through that. And all we're told is this is all you need to protect yourself. Right. And you're leaving all of these other things exposed and open. So I absolutely love that. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and then that's so good. And just like, we're not, we're not one dimensional humans. We're we're so complex. Exactly. you know, I've also heard you can't have your body and not your heart. They're connected. Like yeah. It's a package deal. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's also in the context of that beautiful covenant that the Lord called us to, all of those things are working together. And so then it yes. is not just physical. It is mental and emotional and social right. and spiritual. And that's the beauty. That's a beautiful part. Um, so totally. I, I think we also get lost in that. I am loving this conversation, but I want to pop in here real quick because I want to let you know that I am meeting with sorority executive boards, helping them transition into their new leadership roles. So I served as the VP of finance back in the day, and I felt like someone handed me the notebook and was like, 
good luck in your new position. And it seems like not much has changed when it comes to helping new executive board members figure out their new role. So I created a PDF guide to just help you walk through what it means to be a leader in a sorority. And we will walk through that PDF together on a Zoom call. So I love doing this. I love empowering your members and helping them walk into this leadership position with confidence and clarity. If it is not in your budget or you do not want to do the Zoom call, you can also just get that PDF to go over with your leaders. Either way, check all the details out at katiebulmer.life and I would love to help your members walk into their next leadership role with boss world-changing power. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is neediness. I think a lot of girls don't want to be seen as needy, but you know, we all have these emotional needs. So when you, when we're thinking about emotional needs, we have this term where we, every human being has an emotional need, but when those needs go unmet, we now have an emotional demand and we are, we are pulling, we are trying to psychic vampire our needs from someone else instead of having them that need met on a regular basis. So how do you, how would you tell girls to walk that line of the emotional needs, which are healthy and the emotional demands, which do wear on a relationship? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back a little bit to red flags as well, because if you're walking further and further down a relationship where you're not getting any needs met, Mm -hmm. um, and then that escalates to demands because like your love tank, right? That's that mm-hmm. uh, Gary Chapman yeah. stuff. If yeah. your love tank, fill it. Yeah. <laughs> the more dry and dry that gets, then it becomes like, uh, you know, oh, oh my gosh, I, yeah. I'm starving over here. And it's not just, I'm kind of hungry. It's, I, I'm going to die. Like, I right. need this yeah. need met. And so the further you go down a relationship, starved, <laughs> emotion, emotionally starved relationship, you know, that's going to become more and more of a, um, a, a drastic need. But uh, one of the things I share when I speak to college girls is a, a quote from a guy, and it's just talking about like raising that bar when it comes to dating, because a lot of women, they'll think, oh, you know, like I'm interested in setting, you know, understanding my worth and, and realizing my needs and you know, defining what matters and not settling for less. But then they're like, but what if I, that narrows my dating pool and I won't have any good choices? Yeah. <laughs> and my first response to that is, if your dating pool is smaller and you're no, like the guys who just want to use you or just want to get drunk and Snapchat you are no longer an option, then you're welcome. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you don't need 50 choices. Really? You need one. Yeah. Like that's all you need back mm-hmm. to the only one, one in the world. But, um, so one of the quotes I like to share is it's um, from the good man project. So this is like from the lips of dudes. He says, so what's the dudes? He says, ladies, if you really want men to step up and become the real men you talk about, you must demand it. I'm not Mm. saying ask for it. I'm not saying hope for it. I'm saying demand it. Mm. It means if you don't settle for anything less, you satisfy, if you're not satisfied, you walk away. Men will rise up and meet your challenges. I promise it is what we do best. We love it when women make a step up and work. And then he goes on to be like, the hardest part about this is you must be willing to walk away. Mm. Back to my, um, Back to my friend, Joe Malone, he talks about this and how women have so much more power in this than they realize. Mm-hmm. His research shows, and this is fascinating, that women of, um, we'll call it hormonal age, like teens to 20s, mm-hmm. <laughs> women in that age group are four times more sexually intelligent than their men counterparts. Wow. Wow. 
Yes. And that is because, um, well, a few different reasons. One is because women are just a little bit more level-headed when it comes to hormones. Like we, we kind of know what's best for us. Like we know that this hookup culture is just, it's not what's good for us. Um, but men are typically generally speaking, like, you know, typically speaking, I mean, like I love dudes. I am not like, this is not, you know, saying women are better by any means, but it just, in that age group, women have just a little bit more wisdom when it comes to what's best with their bodies in that age group. Right. And so, so in his theory, when women lead the way, no, I will not go over and Netflix and chill with you. You know, no, we, we are dating. We're not just Snapchatting. Like I am defining what matters. Yeah. Like his, his researchers, guys will always like, they're not going to argue with that. Like ultimately they want the, the girl, the chick, like they, yeah. I mean, guys love girls and girls love guys. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so they will rise up and meet the challenges we just have to raise the bar, right. you know? Yeah, they want to meet the goal, but if they're meeting the goal on the first date, then they lost motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Or if the bar is on the floor, we got to raise the bar, ladies. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of women don't have someone in their life telling them these truths and stuff, and they like letting them know what red flags are in general and like how to see them. Um, and what actually a healthy relationship looks like. So what is a safe place women can go to talk about what a healthy relationship looks like? I know you kind of talked about this a little bit um, before with like confirmation bias, just letting someone into your relationship. Mm -hmm. So I guess when someone doesn't have that, where can they go? I mean, community is everything. I think that whether you're in college or, you know, wherever you, you may, maybe you just moved, having a Christian community is so important. You know, whether you find that in church or a Christian, um, like a campus, you know, uh, affiliation or whatever, I, I just think that's so vital. Even having, you know, someone, maybe a mentor, I think that, you know, me, I love doing mentoring and, you know, people, but typically speaking, if you go to a church and you approach a woman that you look up to and just want to, you know, say, Hey, can we go to coffee? I'm willing to bet you would say yes. I mean, right. older yeah. women love to pour into younger women. I think mm-hmm. that that's a mutually beneficial relationship. So perhaps just asking. And then I always say, you know, some of my mentors don't even know me in real life because it's the books yeah. that I read and it's yeah, the podcast right. that I listen to. So, you know, surround yourself by good voices pouring into you. Mm-hmm. One of the best books on relationships I recommend is by Gary Thomas called The Sacred Search. Mm-hmm. He, um, his most popular is Sacred Marriage, which you may have heard of, but he mm-hmm. ended up also writing The Sacred Search about dating, which is so good. Um, and Andy Stanley wrote love, sex and dating that I read about 400 times. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That one's great. So good. Um, and the shameless plug, I have a Facebook group called truth for your twenties where we have um, about 200 girls. So we would love to have other people listening to join and just kind of have a network of women supporting women. So. Yes. I was going to point people. I was going to say your blog is amazing. I would absolutely say follow her social media, Katie Bulmer life. It is amazing. She's hilarious. She has an amazing TikTok. So absolutely follow her. She is wonderful. Um, so my last question is we have all of this really good information. We have all of these kind of things that we've talked about. And so 
how do we practically move forward from here? How do we change how we date? What are some steps that some women can take from here? I think it is coming up with a dating plan. And what I mean by that is an architect makes a blueprint before they ever break ground. Mm. Yet beautiful women are walking into one of potentially the most important relationships of their life with no plan. Mm. Um, so I, I made this free quiz on my website called make a dating plan. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that's yes. Shout out to that. You can check that out, but essentially, you know, it's tricky because there's this idea of making a list of some non-negotiables and that's important, but also, you know, make that list with God. Mm. Um, I listened to, um, relationship goals by Michael Todd. So good. And he has this whole thing about ripping up your list. So I have this tension of, <laughs> have this tension of set some non-negotiables, but make them with God. Yeah, For example, right. he talked about like, wow, it'd be really nice if my future wife was debt free. Yet part of their story is getting out of debt together. Mm-hmm. And it like now they're really passionate about helping couples get out of debt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having some non-negotiables is important, but make those with God. I, I would yeah. say though, however, the one non-negotiable, no matter what, is sharing the same faith. Yeah, absolutely. You, you probably heard it said not to be unequally yoked. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought this had something to do with an egg. So in case someone... <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> believe, yeah, in case there's someone like who's like, wait, it doesn't have to do with an egg. Uh, they're referring to Y-O-K-E, right. which means the bar between two oxen. Mm-hmm. So essentially, one oxen can only move so far if the other one is not moving. Yeah. Um, my modern-day example is running a three-legged race. If your partner is laying on the ground, you're not going to get very far in that three-legged race. Yeah. So it's it's just really, um, I don't think it's negotiable because you're, there's a triangle example too. So if God is at the top of the triangle and man and woman are at the bottom and you're both going toward the same place, you both have eyes on the prize, you know, that is where you're headed and you meet at the top of that triangle. That's romance. That is romance. (laughs) I love that. And I did, I want to go back to one question that I did skip because I think it's a very important, we did talk about this towards the beginning, but there are a lot of girls out there, even, you know, Christian girls who have said, you know what, I have messed up. I'm damaged goods. This is all really good information. I wish I had known before, but it's too late for me now. So what would you say to that girl who's just really lost hope? The girl listening, who's just like, wow, I wish I had known it, but it's too late for me. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked this. So um, I did a TikTok about like, you know, saying race the bar and overwhelmingly the comments were too late for me, too late for me. Yeah. Too late. And I'm like, I know, I wanted to be like, ah. so I responded to, yeah, it's not too late. I responded to that with, here's a way to think about it. Okay, um, if I, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, if I want to drive to Canada, <laughs> I get on the highway and I go north. Like yeah. no one argues this point, yeah. but we somehow think about with our life, if we have made a wrong turn, then we just like keep going that way and see what happens. Like that, that's yeah. crazy. If I get in my car and I accidentally go South, I don't just, Oh, well, I hope I end up in Canada. Yeah. Like, no, I'll make it there eventually. Maybe I guess Mexico is all the way good. Around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that makes no sense yeah, when it comes right. to driving. Yeah, yeah even like um, we think about this with food and with, you know, just our habits. Like, oh, well, I missed one day on my diet. I guess I'll just go eat 30 donuts. Like, no, like preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so we we made a decision we're not proud of. We went too far with the guy, we, whatever. I don't care what happened last spring break, last week, last night. There are forks in the road every single day. Yes. And that is true with everything in life. Mm-hmm. So that is a straight up lie, the lie of damaged goods. Yeah. And get it out of your brain, wash it with Windex, throw it down the toilet and flush it. It is a lie. Yeah. Today is a new day. There is a fork in the road and you get to decide. Do you want to go north, south, east, or west? Or you decide because I'm not going to tell you, but where are you headed? Yeah. You know, what I always ask young people, picture your best life when you're 30. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is she married? Is she single? Is she a career woman? Is she stay home? I'm like, none of those are wrong. Yeah. But where, where are you headed? And now life is going to throw you curveballs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need to idolize being this certain way when you're 30. None of that. Like, that's not healthy. But knowing where you're headed. Yeah. Where are you headed? And that way you at least we know which way you're going. Yeah. You know? Know which way you're going. because of, Or you could get in the car and accidentally head south and be like, oh, well, guess I'll just see what happens. Like, yeah. Absolutely. We're all on a path and our path leads somewhere. Yeah. So which path do you want to be on? Yes. I love that. Wow, Katie. So much wisdom. Yeah. Like I was talking before, Kayla and I are big fans of yours. Um, if you didn't hear before, please go join uh, Katie on social media. It is Katie Bulmer Life on Instagram. She also has an amazing website. Um, but ladies, thank you so much for listening today. We hope you feel educated, encouraged, and empowered and to thrive in whatever relationship you're in. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot and put this up on your social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life. By the way, I love your DMs. I'm just a regular girl who responds to all my DMs. I never thought I had to clarify that, but apparently some people don't. You actually do me a favor when you reach out and tell me what you want to hear more of because I'm no longer a 20-something, but my passion is to keep my thumbprint on the pulse of what you guys are walking through, what you want to hear more of, what resonates. So please reach out. Do not be shy. And lastly, those of you who leave a review on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s. Hey, my name is Hannah Boomer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And our work here is done.